Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you today? Doing well, doing well here to solve another problem. We know the answers, but nobody will listen. Yes. Except a few good people out there, and our numbers are growing. That's right. And we also know that this crazy system is going to self-destruct, yep. and we will have a chance to at least a little bit of an input. But we're looking for more supporters to support the corrections that must come soon. But we want to talk today about uh, how bad the Department of Justice is, Indeed. because wow. uh, we should never refer to it as the Department of Justice. <laughs> Hopefully someday we can, but it's at the Department of uh, Injustice. Yeah. And I think I became so aware and so annoyed with uh, the January 6th trials, yeah, you know, yeah. that was so obscene. But what's going on right now is uh, trying to, uh, y y you know, sort, sort out the truth and some of these things that are happening where they're out to get uh, Trump. And now the Republicans are, uh, you know, fight, fighting back, but it's a, it is a struggle. And uh, when the trials come up and what they do and what are the results, it's a big deal between now and next year. Of course, I think the referendum next year with the uh, election might be the final settlement on this. And uh, these events, we don't know. But our friend Jonathan Turley wrote a very good analysis about uh, the Democratic solutions, uh, per persistent, you know, Garland, who's uh, sort of losing credibility. Thankfully, I yeah. think I think uh, uh, Jonathan actually said that, oh, no, he, he supported Weiss at one time and he was sort of apologetic about it. Yeah. But Garland, Garland had enough reputation to get as far as he got. But but he's going downhill. And, I, I, and Jonathan writes a real nice article, important article. Article, uh, explaining the situation here and how foolish the whole thing is uh, by by pointing at Weiss. Yeah. I mean, you you talk about the fox in uh, protecting the hen house. I mean, he he has to he should be the last person in the world. And uh, I, I think uh, I, I think this might be a breaking point in the sense that you know the Republicans have to get energized. But, you know, the wheels of justice seems to uh, go smoothly. The illegal uh, uh, wheels of injustice seem to go much quicker than uh, trying to get the justice system back in order. Hopefully, hopefully that happens, but all we can do is talk about what they should be doing. Yeah, the appointment is astonishing of David Weiss. I mean, it is so in your face. It's basically Merrick Garland giving the middle finger to America <laughs> because it's so in your face. This is a guy who has been discredited the entire time. I wanted to put up that first clip because this is Jonathan's piece and it's definitely worth a look. Uh, and he, he makes a reference to the uh, famous 1919 fixing of the World Series. Uh, uh, and, and I think that's appropriate. And it's, it's a very clever uh, hook for the article. But nevertheless, if you go to the next one, he's pointing out this David Wise. First of all, he had all the authority before, supposedly, to be a special, uh, a special uh, prosecutor for this. Um, but he said, by appointing him, it was so in your face because it said in the five years that he was doing his investigation, which, as uh, Turley points out, was trashed by whistleblowers. They say the investigation was fixed from the outset. The whole thing was fake. Um, they were prevented from asking any questions about Joe Biden. They were obstructed in any effort to pursue questions and compromised by tip-offs to the Biden team on planned searches. And actually something just came out about a tip-off 
uh, the, to the Biden camp on a coming surge. And he also said this is the same wise who allowed the statute of limitations to run out on the, some of the major offenses, even though he knew they were running out. He allowed it to run out. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of objection and there's public uh, discourse on this. But uh, right now, I think we're at a cross point where something has to be decided on which, which way we're going to go. Yeah. But, uh, of course, uh, John, John, John's conclusion is he makes the case, you know, for impeachment in order for the Republicans to be able to, uh, uh, you know, on the Weiss deal, to be able to uh, talk about and inquire about things that uh, should have never happened if he'd have had an honest Justice Department, but they're not going to pay any attention. So, uh, and I think uh, it's been going back and forth, and, and I certainly at the beginning saw that, why do we need another political event? Uh, uh, they're, they're not gonna really impeach, uh, impeach uh, you, you, you know, Biden, and why have that? But uh, right now, uh, you know, it looks like just to get to the information, uh, some people say an inquiry or having the impeachment, but getting the information out, whichever is the best and most practical. But I think Jonathan's point was, that the total abuse is in the executive branch and uh, there's a limit to what the Congress can do, uh, you know, to prevent them from doing it, but they do have the uh, right to investigate. And uh, in a way, the narrow margin in Congress has, uh, you know, as much as I make the point that on the big issues, they generally agree on war and money and all that spending stuff. But in this case, when it comes to uh, corruption at the Department of Justice, I think there is a difference uh, of opinion. And, and I think the uh, change in the House has made a difference. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Turley also points out, and I forgot to mention, the Weiss is the one that negotiated this sweetheart deal for Biden. This is the guy supposed to be the prosecutor. He negotiates this sweetheart deal that gives him Hunter Biden broad immunity from anything he may ever do in the future, practically. And the and even the own, his own attorney, what is going on here? The judge took one look at this deal and said, are you nuts? This is impossible and threw out the deal. So here's the guy who was trying to cook the books for Hunter and for Joe Biden. He's put back in the in the hen house, essentially, which is completely insane. And I think, and this is why Turley adds a couple of poll numbers, and he talks about how he did support Merrick Garland as, a, as attorney no. general, thought he was a good guy, but how not only him, but America, America now sees that there's a real problem over there. Let's put that next one up. This is why the Justice Department is now less trusted by the public than it was under his predecessor, Bill Barr. We thought that was a low bar. But, as Turley writes, during Barr's tenure, Pew found that 54% of the public viewed the department favorably and 70% had a favorable view of the FBI. But under Garland, the department's favorability has declined to 49% before many of its recent failures. This was back in March. And the FBI's favorability, and we know that they've been weaponized, has fallen by 18 points to just 52%. So he has single-mindedly destroyed uh, the the Department of Justice and go to the the next one here because here's another poll Garland's failure of leadership has undermined key cases a Harvard Harris poll this summer showed that 55% of the public view the Trump indictment as politically motivated and 56% believe it constitutes election interference and if you read that again Dr. Paul it's extremely ironic because this 
is an investigation into Trump's alleged in, in election interference. And most <laughs> Americans believe the investigation itself is election interference. Yeah, and uh, onward, onward they go. The uh, one thing about it, when you, when you hear uh, Garland or any of them talking about what they've been doing, they, they always either, they're very, it's very easy for them to just ignore it or march on or smile. But the one thing that I sense that uh, they never show is any sign of reservation or a little yeah. bit of remorse. And, and I, I think back about the, the about uh, uh, Shoeless Joe, yeah. <laughs> when they ask, when the kid asks him, well, shoes, Joe, and I, did, did, you, did you do it, you know? And, and, Joe, and Joe said, yep, we did it. Yep, did it, kid, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but back then, I, I guess there was a little bit different approach to the politicians that we have today in the Department of Justice. Yeah. They, they're never going to say, oh, yeah, we messed up on this, and I think we should apologize and, yeah. and uh, go into uh, hibernation. Yeah, how far <laughs> we've fallen from those right. times. Well, this is why, and you know, one of the things we like about Jonathan Turley, there are plenty of things to like about him, but he's very cautious. He doesn't jump on a bandwagon. He doesn't, uh, he, he keeps an even keel because the Constitution is his guide and his belief in the First Amendment. So this is why it struck both of our attention when he made the next comment, because he says, this basically this wasteland that I'm looking over that used to be called the Justice Department, here's what's going to happen from it. If you do that next one, please. And this is Turley writing in that article. He said, as it stands, Congress has virtually Garland. I'm sorry, Garland has virtually ensured that Congress will pursue an impeachment inquiry as the only body seriously investigating the scandal. And he goes on to say, the use of impeachment authority is the only effective way to overcome the roadblocks that the Justice Department has likely throw to throw up after this new appointment. So he's saying, and he says, impeachment can work as constitutional kryptonite. No court could seriously question the right and duty of Congress to get to the bottom of corruption allegations against the president without delay. Although Weiss can refuse to answer questions, Congress can use its impeachment authority to demand answers from fact witnesses, including Biden family members. So he's saying Merrick Garland thinks he's being very, very clever by doing this, but he has in fact just ensured an impeachment inquiry as the only credible investigation in the Biden family. And they do get a bit cocky because this week we're expecting to see another indictment. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Trump is going to grovel, <laughs> you yeah. know. And this, this goes on and on, and yet I, uh, I think there are statistics to prove, to prove or suggest it, that there is a shift when this happens. People, people see shift in the middle of the independent thing. They finally say, you know, enough is enough. We know he's, we, we know Trump is, you know, a jerk, and they don't like him, and, yeah. and all, they have all these arguments. He's a Republican, uh, but some of them are getting to the point. Well, this is a little bit too much. I and you know, the I saw one report that said this that uh, there's a pretty good chance their opinion was that uh, Biden will have will be dropping out. He says he has only seven people working on his campaign, <laughs> but, but he didn't have many more before. I mean, it was who was running the campaign? The Department of Justice and the media and social media and all the lying. But they they had the they had the Department of Justice going, and they sure dug out the truth about uh, Russia Gate, and they thought that would do it into 
Oh, you mean they made a mistake there? That wasn't all true, what they said about him? <laughs> yeah. About Trump? Yeah, it didn't take many people, only a cameraman in the basement, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here's a show that there are other people that are looking at it, not just Hurley, but others that are looking at it in a nonpartisan way and scratching their heads. If you can put up this next tweet by Glenn Greenwald, an honest progressive who we have a lot of respect for, who can never be claimed to be in Trump's camp, he says the New York Times says Hunter Biden says prosecutors were nigged on a major part of the plea deal. To which Greenwald replies, I 100% believe this. Weiss intended to give Hunter insanely broad and generous immunity. They denied that only when the IRS whistleblowers stepped forward and when media and judicial scrutiny emerged. So yeah, he's saying, yeah, that did happen. That did happen. They reneged on it because it was crazy. Do you think it was purity of protecting the integrity of the IRS that they came for? Yeah. I'd hate to think that because they look like they've had it and they want to tell the truth yeah, about it. Yeah. So I would be more optimistic than that. But anyway, that, uh, that, that is, it is a disgrace, really. Yeah. Well, I wanted to play a little clip. This is from Oversight Committee Chairman Comer. And he lays down a pretty good um, explanation of what his approach is going to be. And it's that first clip. I think we want the first minute and five seconds of Comer uh, explaining his take on naming David Weiss as special counsel. Well, this is a joke. All that Merrick Garland did was validate the point that many Republicans have been making that uh, the Department of Justice was weaponized. Look, I've been very vocal in saying we didn't need a special counsel. I've been on the other side of a lot of my colleagues in the House. The, the one reason I would give for not wanting a special counsel was what we've seen. The fact that I have no confidence that Merrick Garland would appoint anyone credible. I never dreamed he would do as bad as he did with Weiss. Not only did Weiss drag his feet for five years and try to negotiate a sweetheart plea deal with the president's son, he also let the statute of limitations run out. That was one of the biggest complaints from the IRS whistleblowers when they testified before the oversight committee was their frustration that they knew they were coming up on a hard stop as far as trying to prosecute the president's son for obvious crimes of tax evasion and violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. But Weiss intentionally let the statute of limitations run out. We also learned in that testimony, Trey. Yeah, we can take that out. So. That's a pretty interesting thing. Yeah. You know, this information is so powerful. You think, just get out. And the, the old-fashioned way of thinking about it, if the, if the major networks would only do this and put it up there, but that now is almost irrelevant, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. But when you think now about uh, they haven't, they've, they've discredited some parts of the social media by becoming partners with our government and, and violating our First Amendment, but there's still a couple people out there, and they may grow, and people may sort it out, hopefully, to find out the information information because when that information I mean that's powerful information yeah. uh, but it's it's not as automatic as it used to be and it's not as automatic as it wasn't during the last campaign because the media pumped up all this distortion and lies about uh, Russiagate yeah. so uh, that's where I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of optimism yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we need it we need it we need it well uh, if you're ready maybe we should move on to our second story of the day and this is something I sent over on the weekend because I thought First of all, we're looking for ways to explain to the American people what's going on in Ukraine is not cost-free, certainly to the Ukrainians who are, who are dying in the trenches over there, but also certainly to the Americans. 
and this is something that came out. Now, this is from Breitbart, that next one, uh, if you can put that up. But a, uh, an expert in the budget from the Heritage Foundation, we don't often quote the Heritage Foundation, but Richard Stern, he's a director of Heritage's Herman Center for the Federal Budget, he told the Daily Signal that American aid to Ukraine, adding it all up, is going to cost, has already cost, $900 per American household. And I think that's something that Americans can wrap their heads around. $900 out of my family's pocket, and it went over to Ukraine. But it, but it was supposed to be a shorter war. Remember, yeah. it was like all, all recent wars yeah. are to be short. And they're not Cake wars. Walk. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes they're just police actions and things like that. But uh, <clears throat> even if they had been able to do that, they're still wrong because it's not a just a, 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 a really uh, an accident or a prediction. Predictions aren't hard to make when you say, when uh, they would, when some of these promoters of war would appear before a committee, I would say, "Do you really, do you really believe you're going to? When are you going to be out of here? When are you going to tell us the truth about that? Because it's it's not a wild prediction about that. That's the way this government is operating. But not, and it's not uh, when it comes to spending this money and aid to Ukraine. Uh, fortunately, it's shifting a little bit. But uh, for a long time, it used to be 90 percent Republicans. Fortunately, there are Republicans now waking up for fiscal reasons, but in a way, it's sort of ironic and it annoys me because some of the ones who have shifted, oh, no more money for Ukraine. We got to deal with Taiwan. Yeah, that, that, is, that doesn't fall into the category of a, of a consistent foreign policy, uh, you know, that was advised by our Constitution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I do think that, you know, it's a good way of visualizing it for Americans that this is $900 that you don't have. What could you do with it? You know, and I think you wrote about it this week, too, that, you know, some huge amount of Americans, if they had some emergency, what, $400 or whatever, they couldn't, they couldn't take it. They don't have that much saving. So I think it will resonate. It's not going to res resonate with Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, yeah. but with some guy, some working guy out there, they're going to say, 900 bucks, Really? And as you, as you always say, it's not a check. I mean, it's not a bill they're going to get. It's through inflation. It's through all sorts of ways this money is hidden. But that's $900 less in their pocket. Well, the other approach was talking about there's a lot of problems here at home. And Hawaii has a problem right now. At the same time, uh, it's very difficult to solve that. And, you know, when there was no sign that we were ever going to... Uh, you, you know, all of a sudden uh, morph into a libertarian society. Uh, and I was never optimistic to say, well, we're going to have a new Congress and we're going to systematically do what is right. We're going to cut spending here, here. And what could we do to be the most tolerable? And one of my suggestions was, you know, cut this warmongering overseas uh, and and don't, uh, if you have to cut at home, make that minimal or don't cut for a while. Don't cut child health care. Yeah. And if you, you could work out a transition, even though that hasn't happened, is not going to happen. And that's why I fear the day when we just go overboard, because this continues at people. And I think the personal approach, you know, of mentioning, you know, it's nine hundred dollars for everybody out of their pocket. And, uh, you, you know, that's that, that can be significant for them. That, 
that might be who knows what it is for the individual but they they just go ahead and uh, and, and spend it and but the one problem has been in, in, a, in, a, in a way it's a problem because it works although it doesn't deserve to work and that is that deficits don't seem to matter a whole lot and they get away with it even now you know all they have to do is spend the money oh no we have uh, we just passed a bill that's going to take the care of the inflation problems like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they but eventually that's what happens but the, the spending is just atrocious what's happening and the value the, what the limitation is going to be on all these part all these fights the department of justice and ukraine and helping people and you know having a sensible thing will be the restraint will be you know the the value of the dollar where the there will be loss of a confidence of the dollars prices if they think they've seen the the end of inf price inflation prices going up they're 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 kidding themselves because that's going to be the limiting factor because they won't have to have a vote for cutting back People will have to, and that to me is tragic because there's no need for that because it could have been prevented and we could work our way out of it, but there is no desire for that right now because everybody, if they don't want money for Ukraine, who knows, they might want it to fight China. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, to show what a tin ear Biden has on this, put on that next clip. This is from antiwar.com. <clears throat> Biden asked Congress for an additional $24 billion. I think we talked about this on on Wednesday or Thursday. He doesn't care. They've already spent a hundred and some billion, 900 bucks for every family or every household. Now he wants 24 billion more. You mentioned Hawaii. They're not getting as much as that. Uh, in fact, uh, Biden seems a bit, little bit uninterested in, in Hawaii. But um, I'm gonna, do you wanna say some more on this or? No, I'm about finished there. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna close out myself. Um, Speaking of antiwar.com, I do want to raise your attention. We don't do this very often, but we consider this organization uh, like a sister organization for us. Um, and put on that next clip if you can. Uh, this is the week of fundraising for antiwar.com. We certainly appreciate your, port, your support for the Ron Paul Institute, but people of, often ask, well, who else can we support uh, that will help with the antiwar message? Well, antiwar.com is a no-brainer. Uh, and they're in their fundraiser right now. Go to antiwar.com. You can see they've got a handy a marker showing how much they need to raise. So definitely give them your support if you're looking for an organization to support, a worthwhile organization to support. The next one, if you're looking for a place to go in a couple weeks, what better place to be than to listen to Ron Paul talk about which way America. And this is gonna be on September 2nd in Washington, D.C. He's gonna have a great speech uh, and you need to get your tickets. There will be a there is, in the comments, a link to where you can get those tickets. And speaking of the conference, Dr. Paul, I'm going to make an announcement today because our viewers, you do hear us talk a lot about Jonathan Turley. We talk about him all the time, in fact, because we have a lot of respect for him. Well, just after the show on Thursday before we left, uh, I got a message from Jonathan Turley, and he's accepted our invitation to be a speaker at this conference. So we are thrilled to announce, Dr. Paul, I know you're really happy about this. Jonathan Turley will be speaking at the Ron Paul Institute conference about all this stuff we're talking about, about this case uh, against the president, against the former president and broader 
free speech attacks. So we're both thrilled about that. No, no this is very good. And uh, we, we got to know Jonathan when I was in the Congress and we were starting our, our Liberty Luncheon, Liberty Committee Luncheons, and he was one of our early speakers and he came back in. He's going to come back another time. Yeah. So th this is wonderful because uh, we do see him as independent minded. Uh, he doesn't, he's not going to fall in the category of the, the Democrat position or Republican. Besides, it's too difficult. They're always changing their position. But uh, no, he, he's, he's thorough. He's a constitutionalist. And, and that, that is a, 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 a good thing. And uh, that's the theme and the atmosphere of what our conferences are like. Because although there's never identical beliefs among any of us at all one time, but there is a theme, and uh, one is we're looking for the truth, and we're, we're looking to expose people who fib and lie and, and distort and use government for their own personal benefit. That is an annoyance. Now, Jonathan, a lot of people point that out in a political fashion. Jonathan points that out in a very sincere uh, constitutional and uh, a legal sense. And that's why it is uh, so valuable to us. So I'm delighted that Jonathan will be there and hope to see a lot of you there as well. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.